Welcome to the Art and Science of Joy podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then this podcast could well be for you. And in the second series of the podcast, we're focusing on joy superpowers, special powers each and every one of us can cultivate in order to navigate these turbulent times in which we find ourselves. I'm Andrew Cannon, and I have the honor to be your host. In each episode, I'll be inviting our guests to share their words of wisdom on a specific joy superpower. And in this episode, I'm excited to be talking with Mariah and Byron Eddington on the joy superpower of kindness. So welcome to the show, both of you. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. much for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And before we get started, um, could you please share with our listeners a few words of introduction about yourselves? Perfect. Yep. Well, I'm Mariah, and this is my better half, Byron. But I was a registered nurse. I'm retired from that. However, that stayed with me forever. And compassion and joy are part of my inner core being. And I just love to be able to give to others in a way that helps them to grow, to own their own value, to know that they are more than enough. And together with my husband, Byron, I'm going to let him tell you about mm. our project please. Okay, well then, without further ado, I am Byron, and she is my better half, so I'm not sure how that works. But, uh, two, one plus one is two and a half, they say. That's it, exactly right, yeah. Yes, and uh, I am a retired uh, helicopter pilot. I was a commercial pilot for many, many years. I never had the pleasure to fly in Finland, but I wish I had. But uh, one thing uh, Mariah mentioned our project was a, a book we wrote, uh, we collaborated on a book and the title is Journey Well, You Are More Than Enough. Mm. That's the title. And when we got into this book and the writing of this book, we realized that in both of our former professions, it was our job description to lift people up. Right. You know, me in a very literal sense and Mariah in the sense of helping them at a time of emergency and when they had a, a crisis to help them get past that and get on with their better lives. Mm. And that's that's partly and, and we realize, too, that that really is another form of kindness when you're doing the best you can and you have the skills to help elevate people. Mm. That is, uh, that's an act of kindness. So here we are. That is indeed, that's wonderful. Thank you. And I'm so happy to have both of you together on the show today. As we say, one plus one is two and a half. And we can see that. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. So we're going to explore the, the concept of kindness. We're sort of going to go around and we come back to joy. And, and we'll certainly talk about your, your project um, some more as we do so. But let's talk about kindness and let's talk about the relationship of time and money to being kind because you know those are two dimensions by which we we often live our lives today whether we want to or not and you know as part of the podcast we like to dig into some of the science so i'll read a little bit about some of the science we found from the researchers lee Rowland and oliver scott curry which they published in 2018 based on a seven-day kindness experiment they'd conducted you know, uh, telling people to do a number of different tasks over a seven day period. And it showed 
that performing these kindness activities increased happiness, not only for the people they were being kind to, whether that was a friend or a stranger, um, but also to themselves. So I was wondering if you can share some of your personal stories about giving and receiving kindness and the power it's had in your own lives. Yeah, we certainly have. We've seen it over and over again, Andrew, in our lives. It's interesting because we've found that the more often that we gave kindness in different ways, whether it was an action or whether it was a physical belonging or when we passed it on to someone, not only did it affect the person that we were sharing that kindness with or that generosity with, mm. it affected us but then also a greater community, kind of like you know as a ripple in a pond. Mm. And I think that you've seen this too in the actions that we've done together, but also in Byron's had several things that he's done separately. We, we actually were together, but we actually have two separate <laughs> lives too in our careers. Sure. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I should mention, Andrew, I should mention that uh, we included in our book, uh, Dr. Melissa Hughes is a, she calls herself a neuro, neuro geek. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, she goes into some detail in an excellent TED talk. She does about mirror neurons. Mm. And she has a fun little exercise and we mentioned it in Journey Well. Walk down the street someday and just smile at a total stranger. And it will be impossible for them not to smile back at you. Wow. That's so simple, but so powerful at the same time. Yeah. And, uh, and, it, and, and by the way, it even works with a mask on. So, right. Well, I have a funny story about somebody in, I think it was Tucson, Arizona, who was a bit fed up with this mask sort of covering her smile. So she actually went to the, the library and smiled um and the camera and took a photo of a smile and got it blown up to yeah. like an a3 size and stuck that in front of her mask as she was walking down the street <laughs> so, excellent yeah. excellent yeah and that got so many smiles back sure absolutely yeah. great and yep. uh, and i i'm happy to say too that if i can add one little piece to this um in the last um my last uh, posting, let's say, in my flying career, I was flying tourists on the on the island of Kauai, one of the Hawaiian islands. Oh, wow. And it, it was an awful job. Somebody had to do it. <laughs> I feel so, my heart goes out to you. Byron. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. But uh, it was it was just a real joy. Speaking of joy, mm. uh, not just to fly these people around this beautiful island all day long, but to take the ones who were fearful, right. who were really afraid to go and to watch them within the first five or 10 minutes, to watch them relax and, and smile and laugh and take pictures and just mm. really enjoy themselves. It was just, it was a gift to me. They didn't know that. Right. I'm they sure they felt it, even if they didn't say it. But... Well, I hope they did. I hope they did. Yes. Yeah. I think that that's the beautiful thing about this kindness. I think it works on a, Outside levels, probably as your neuroscience um, expert for your book would say, it also happens internally and on an mm. unconscious level, it has these impacts on us. And we we'll dig into those in a little bit more. But I just wanted to 
um, talk to you about another piece of research, which goes back a little bit now to 2009, maybe not so far ago, but a little bit further back um, by a researcher called Elizabeth Dunn, which showed that spending money on other people um, has a more positive impact on happiness than spending money on ourselves. And actually, that the more you spend on others, that actually predicted even greater happiness. So the scientists basically telling us, yes, you can spend time and you can also spend money on others to have a positive impact. And, and again, is that something you would see in your own experiences, this impact of actually giving financially to help others? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Recently. Yes. And we have been generous in our financial giving as well and found that when we're able to help others and it's interesting, I think that when I know their need is greater, that really increases my joyfulness and how I feel about that giving, mm. even if it seemed like it might have been a hardship because I've given all of my life. And there were times where I didn't really it was a stretch of and to give something financially, but the rewards were immense. And so this literature and the research has proven why. And when I read that, I thought, wow, okay, that makes sense now. This is why it is kind of twofold mm. for, for me giving it and them receiving it and that benefit. I really feel that. Do you? Yes, I do. In fact, uh, just a personal anecdote we can give you is that uh, uh, a few years ago, we decided to leave the U.S. and become expats, and we went to Medellin, Colombia. And oh, wow. in order to become an expat, as you probably know yourself, you have to give stuff away. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't take, we had a lot of stuff, and we had to give it away. And And what it came down to was, well, we don't really need it. And there's someone else who needs it more than we do. And so it just felt really good to be able, it, it is just material objects is all it is. Mm. But the, the curious thing about doing this, as you probably know, too, it seems like the more stuff we give away and the more money we give away, the more we get back. Yeah. It, and I, it's a mystery to me, but it does seem to work that way every time. It does. It does. It reminds me of pre-COVID when I was living a fairly nomadic life and like mm -hmm. to travel with hand luggage only. So I was only traveling, you know, with seven or eight kilos. I suppose that's about I don't know, 20 pounds, I suppose, of luggage that they allow you to take onto mm -hmm. the plane. But I also had a policy of not bringing it back with me. So, oh. you know, I would basically, you know, leave T-shirts or shorts at the, at the places I was staying. Um, or give them to different organizations there. So when I actually came back from one trip, my bag was basically down, you know, like three kilos. And they said, oh, should we put that in the in the hole? And I said, well, probably it's not worth it um, for that. But it gives you so much, as you said, to actually give away these material things actually magically brings gifts back to you. It does, yeah. And yeah. Uh, just one more little thing, something else we... It's one of the one of the primary focuses of Journey Well. You are more than enough. Mm. In fact, we have a chapter based on this: is abundance. And I think this is one of the things that there is a lot of controversy about this, and there shouldn't be. Mm. 
because we live in such an abundant world that we could never hope to give it all away. Right. Yeah. It's just impossible to do. And mm -hmm. so I think the, I think more people are beginning to understand that just my own personal observation. Yeah, I think it's probably going two ways. I mean, that's how I see it at the moment. Like in many parts of society, we're being polarized at the moment. You know, I think there are some people are fearful and are holding on to more. Mm -hmm. Whereas then there's another part of society who are becoming more open, more generous, um, more understanding of our interconnectivity on this side of things. So I think there's definitely a polarization there. But, you know, kindness have lots of benefits. I think it's what we, we, we're ending up believing. And, and one of those benefits, which um, was sort of verified by some research by some researchers called Jennifer True and Lynn Alden in 2015 showed that kindness is good for helping socially anxious people reduce their levels of anxiety. So when you're actually kind, it actually had this impact of stimulating the production of um, serotonin and that feel good chemical, you know, that helps us amongst other things, calm us down. Sure, sure. So that's one health benefit that I wonder if you, in your experience, what other sort of health and well-being benefits do you see coming from um, demonstrating and living a life of kindness? I think that's an interesting thought. And I, I wonder if you would agree with this. But I've found that there are, and speaking of polarization, you have people who are skeptical or suspicious mm. of people who are kind. And in that regard, I, I'm not certain if you're going to, if they're in a place to accept kindness as kindness, or if they're just going to remain somewhat cynical about it or thinking there's an ulterior motive. Yeah. And mm. I believe in my experience, when I have been kind to people, and especially when I'm kind to people that may not necessarily deserve kindness mm. and that has happened throughout my career in nursing because I'll give you an example we I worked in a uh, public facility that took the prisoners of the state in as okay. patients yeah. and they would come with a guard and the guard would be in the room with them. And then when we would walk in as nurses, the guard would stand at the bedside because that's protocol. And mm. it's it was unlikely any harm was going to be done to me by them. And I never felt that animosity that other nurses or other people would feel. And I would be questioned, well, what is the difference in the way you interact? And my answer was simply that I saw them as a person. I saw them. And with that kindness of seeing someone, even though they may not have deserved mm. to be recognized in that way, I was able to go into that room, release any type of expectation and come to them with kindness and look at them as a person. And in that regard, I had more than one time where a guard would take me aside later and say, you're the only one who has recognized this, this prisoner as a person and let go of the baggage that they no longer could control. They had no control over what they'd done in the past. It was mm -hmm. done. 
you know, they might have regret and, and really sorrow or whatever. It really didn't even matter. The point was that once we're able to see people individually and really accept that each person is a human being and they may or may not deserve my respect, but for me personally, when I can extend that kindness and respect to each person as a human, my soul feels better about what I can bring. And in some ways, I can build some kind of trust with each person in that way. Mm, that's a wonderful story. So it sort of takes the concept of unconditional love and makes it into a very concrete act of unconditional kindness. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to see that. <clears throat> Thank you for it, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's incredible. And we are, we are victims of our own attitudes and our own sort of biases, I suppose, mm -hmm. in many ways. And we sometimes jump to those as maybe safety um mm -hmm. nets in sure. some way and then don't pause to consider the fuller picture, the story. Yeah. Right. right. You know, the paradigms that are driving our behavior there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, this reminds me of a story that um, our former president, Bill Clinton, mm. tells this story about there's a evidently a part of parts of Western Africa where people when they meet each other on a path, they don't say hello or good day or whatever. They say, I see you. Mm. And he was quite taken with that story. And I, the more I thought about it, the more I am, because it's you're recognizing that person as a person, as another human being. It's not just hello or some throwaway line. Yeah. It has a, it's purposeful. It's like, I see you. Yeah. Authenticity that comes with that. Yeah, that's right. That's amazing, as opposed to just, oh, have a nice day and right. even thinking about it or somebody mm -hmm. saying, yeah, I'm awesome when they're feeling bad, um, that if you don't see that person, you might just accept them saying awesome when, you know, if you paused and really saw them, you would find that maybe not today is maybe not an awesome day. Yeah, that's right. And they might have a conversation. So I think, you know, some of the other benefits that we sort of came across when we dug into the science, one was stress, um, the ability of showing kindness to reduce people's stress and the amount of stress hormones that you produce in a way it gave calmness to people not to be uh, or to be kind and one one i love is that it actually in one of the experiments or some of the statistics actually significantly increases life expectancy um of people and somebody over the age of 55 i particularly love this one because it talked about people over the age of 55 and volunteered um, and it showed that even if you took into account all of the social factors, all of the other demographics that could be around there is, you know, they've almost got a 50% chance of living longer. They didn't say how much longer that was, um, but definitely it, it seems to be an impact on one's own longevity if one can spend one's time in one's older years actually giving back. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And you can feel that, can you, in your own experiences? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we do say humankind for a reason. So, 
Well, that's good. That's good. I do indeed. That's a, that's a good saying. It's like the saying that the present is a present because it's was that um, Eleanor Roosevelt, I think, said that one. Uh, that's, uh, that's why we call the present the present because it's a gift. A gift. Yeah. So that's a nice quote as well. It's also contagious. I think that's one of the lovely things about um, kindness that you can pass it on. And somebody who you've been kind to it's more likely to be kind to the next person. So I presume that's part of your project, this journey well, is to inspire people to not only journey well alone, but to pass that on to other people. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, that's right. And it's kind of like the old story of it. And I, I, this might just be anecdotal, but I, I suspect it's, I hope it's true. Or, you know, one of the one of the things that makes people feel really good about themselves and the and the world around them is if, for example, if you pay for someone behind you in a drive-through, mm. pay their like for going through Starbucks and pay for the car behind you. And a lot of the time they will do the same thing to the people behind them. Mm. And so, yeah, I think it is, there is some real human element to that activity. And it's yeah. really, uh, that's a simple really, thing to test. Even if you won't know, you just know that it will be, chances are that, that little act of kindness uh, sure. going to get passed on. Yeah, that's right. And how many people that morning would end up having uh, a great day, um, even though they've all spent the same amount of money that that's they right. would have done otherwise. Yeah. amazingly contagious I suppose we have to think a little bit about kindness and children mm. um, and it always brings to me you know one of my favorite subjects around the dinner table is nature versus nurture and you know are are we born with sin or are we born um, kind as humans and, and it seems to be that you know, the science more recently is, is tending to err on the side of us being born good with um, kindness and altruism as sort of innate gifts, even though they can't obviously research a one day old baby to, to find this out. But, you know, even at six months or whatever age they're doing these experiments, they're finding that, wow, you know, the general response tends to be good, tends to be kind. And then unfortunately life tends to give us some hard knocks and, and then we maybe lose a little bit of that. Um, so we realize, hey, hold on, not everybody's been kind back to me. And, and maybe we get a bit selfish then moving forward. But if we had that innately, do you think we can be taught to be kind again? Is it, a, is it a gift we can learn, a talent, a skill that could be taught? Well, I'm going to have to say that I agree with you about that we're born with that kind of gentleness or that kindness in, innately. And I think that it might be there for everyone. Now, obviously, you haven't been around all children, but even as recently as you see now with the internet, and I say recently because as we know, the internet has not always been here, even though there's a, a good population, secular <laughs> population who doesn't know any different. They've yeah. not been around to have a dial-up phone or mm. rolling your window up with a crank. They live in a different world than we see. But you see online once in a while, uh, 
video of say a child who they're looking at someone who's frowning and they frown mm -hmm. and then they look at someone with a smile and they smile and so we know that obviously it's back to that mirror mm. where we have the ability to accept or reject things even as we're growing up and i do believe as you were saying that you can look at things in more than one way and in that regard i'm pretty confident for me that things can be changed once you become aware right. that it's a possibility so even if we grew up and we had negative negative mm. negative which unfortunately we all know it's true yep. there are people who are abused from the minute they're born and that is extremely sad and unfortunately that has been going on for many years and it likely will continue mm. that said i believe that once people are aware that they get to choose and make decisions in and around their life when they become aware and it's an awareness that they gather that they can change it not easy mm. takes work definitely possible so yeah. you can regain that kindness, that innate joy that was in there, that you were born with, that you came to this planet with, and you can bring it forward. But it is a work that needs to be, as we are, we're all digging mm -hmm. out of mm -hmm. situations that were in our lives before, and we're looking at them face mm -hmm. value is this something that really is my truth mm. or was that handed down to me and i've just accepted it all these years is this something maybe that i should look at closer by yeah. going on a journey like you did mm. and how you have been looking at yourself in yourself and around and decided are these things that are my truth or did i just accept those from other people and now I can look at this in this way and I can say, yeah, okay, this part of me, that's my truth. Oh, wait, no, that one, no, I'm going to choose a better one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And so in that way, I think you can build kindness within yourself. And once you start seeing how it plays out, like you've mentioned, that it's, giving and, and receiving. It's just this ebb and flow and we're able to just gather so much joy and kindness mm -hmm. when we give it out because it comes right back. Yeah. I think we're pretty resilient creatures actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not, I think that's true, Byron. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about, you know, you talked about my journey. I think for that, where you know, I, I so much admire people that are able to change and do this work without changing their circumstances. Um, my luck in a way that I was able to change my circumstance, change my environment, and mm. therefore change my paradigm that Byron, you talked about our paradigms. And I think it's quite hard for people sometimes to make those changes when in that circle, whether it's family, friends, work, is always pushing them back and always saying, no, you're, you're an unkind person, right? We know you, um, you know, whenever you stumble, they're the first to judge and say, ah, oh, look, we knew you couldn't do it. 
And so that makes it hard, I think, if people are in that environment where they're not given that freedom to change, to, to grow. Sure. Yeah, and I suppose if, if kindness had a direct enemy, it would be judgment. Judgment. Right. And so let's talk about judgment. Let's talk about work, because that's an environment where judgment is rife. Um, we're performance metric driven in many companies, you know, it is all about judgment. So is there a place for kindness in the workplace? Well, I'm, I'm going to certainly say I hope there is. And uh, and let me let me compare it to something you mentioned about children before. Mm. Bear with me here for a second. While no, I tell, tell us a story. <laughs> uh, I think of, I want to say it was in Romania many, many years ago, a generation ago, where abandoned children were put in an orphanage and they were never touched. Mm. They, were kept, they kept them at a crib all day. They fed them, but the, no one ever touched them. And those children, by and large, did not thrive. Mm. In fact, I believe some of them actually died just from a lack of human attachment. Mm. And so I would hope that a business would not thrive without that. That's mm. what I'm getting at. Yeah, I think there must be some some mandate for that in any kind of an, especially in a business environment where you're out, you're offering something to the public. I think it has to be one of the ingredients in that. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a, and again, I think it's polarizing. I think, you know, especially in COVID and the situation we've had with remote working and these challenges related to that. Again, I see some companies moving towards a more kind environment and other companies swinging the opposite way and moving to more control, more judgment, more metrics. And so I think, again, there there is hope that that many leaders are seeing this as an important part of i think as well as it's seeing people as humans yeah yeah, right? yeah. that's mm -hmm. the first thing a boss a good boss should be able to do is to understand that the people working here are humans they're not mm -hmm. headcount they're not ftes um, yeah. they're not something in an excel spreadsheet yeah. Um, yeah but they are real people with hearts and families and, and i mm -hmm. think that's a good place to start yeah. Sure. Excellent. Absolutely yeah. true. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do you think seeing next year? How how's your your view on next year? Are we moving towards a kinder world next year? How do you feel? Yes. Yes. I think I'm going to put this out there. My intention is we are moving beyond this disruptive time, and and I I believe truly believe um, that we are in a transition to a better and a brighter world. I really believe that. Right, through these challenges or partly these yes. challenges help us yeah. transform. Yeah, and I think even because of them, mm. I think it's attributable to, to what we have. I think we have seen parts of humanity that we just don't want to associate with any longer. And we're determined collectively, I think we're determined to, to do better. Yeah, I think definitely from, you know, some of the meditation work I've done and trying to feel into this, I think I sort of do get the the answer that 
our report card is not too shiny at the moment as, a, as humans. Yeah. <laughs> um, we sort of think it's like I used to get at school, you know, from some of my teachers could try harder. <laughs> uh, yeah. well, I think I that's that, where we are collectively. I got that rosy outlook, um, mostly from my Pollyanna spouse here, by the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, Good. So, Myra, tell us about that. Tell us where does your Pollyanna come from? I think I was born with it. Wow. And for many, many years, it was put in a little box where it needed to stay because that's mm. how I was in. That was my environment. Yeah. And it was very unrealistic to think of the world as a safe and exciting and interesting place mm. to explore. But then many years ago, I finally broke free of that. And, and probably in the last year, probably because of the pandemic, like many people, I've been able to really explore a little bit deeper mm. and allow myself the grace to let go of the um, outward expectations of society and, mm. and family and other people that kind of held me back. And so once I started really putting out a word of positivity to the world and people started saying, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. we believe that we like that. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to say, let's maybe collaborate on a project. And for some reason, Andrew, I'm not even sure why this was, but I've signed things and signed off journey well. And that just stuck and people started using mm. it when they were addressing me as well. Yeah. And it made me realize that people needed that affirmation. They needed mm. to know that it was okay, not just okay to do so, but to celebrate themselves mm -hmm. and to really lean in and say, hey, huh, you say I'm enough, but maybe I am more than enough. Maybe mm. I really can be something that I feel inside that I feel within myself. Is that possible? Mm -hmm. And we're here to celebrate and say, it absolutely is. And there's a way, there's a way to a better, brighter future, a better, brighter world. Mm. And it takes each one of us individually to add our own look on it, our own excitement to it, our own joy, mm. our own kindness, and each person such as you and the people that you have built a community around you, mm. you feel that, don't you? You do. Yeah. You do. It's wonderful. And it's, it's one of my favorite Chinese proverbs that from small streams grow mighty rivers. Ah, yeah, yeah I, I like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. We think of each as ourselves as a small, drop of water at the start of a stream and but to collectively coming together we can change the world and but it starts with each individual it does. right it and does. then you meet somebody like you yeah that's you right. us yeah and we went yeah yeah that's right mm -hmm. that's right and the it's like a snowball going down a hill it gets yeah. a little bit bigger, little mm -hmm. bit bigger and you get more Beautiful. and more people with a collective mind yeah. that says yes we can yeah. just yeah. Yeah. We do want to bring kindness into the world. Right. We want to see people as joyful. Mm. We want people to live a happy life and fulfilling life through joy, through journeying well, through yeah. being a supported and supportive part of society. Mm. 
So let's talk a little bit about that before we wrap up to talk about your, your book. And we talked about kindness to other people, but let's talk a bit about kindness to ourselves because sometimes we're our own worst critics in many ways. And so, you know, please tell your own words about the book, how it came about, what's the purpose, um, where we are on the journey. And yeah. I'd love to That's know, and our listeners would love to know. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Journey well, you are more than enough. And we thought about making that the subtitle, but we decided that's a big part of that title mm. because that's more has no definition. You can't define more. I mean, it could be a glass of water. It could be the ocean. Right. And so we, we decided to, and we underline that on the, on the cover of the book because we, I think we all need that affirmation. We need to know that even if maybe folks have never even thought of that, maybe they've never considered that. They say, well, okay, I'm enough. I'm okay. I'm good for today. Yeah. Well, no, you are more than enough. And there, and that implies an unlimited potential. Right. So that's why we chose that for mm. part of the title. Yeah. There's this abundance to that side yeah. of it as well. That's right. Yeah, and abundance is a big component of it too, Andrew. When we, we feel that once people realize, and that's one thing that I've found through my writing that I was surprised about. However, it made me step back and say, well, before I was aware that I could make a choice and mm. the decision really was mine as an adult. Right. We don't think of that. No. This and being joyful, being kind, those are choices and decisions that we get to make and right. so with, and i'm sure that, there's lots of things in the book the tips and, and, and things lots of resources lots yeah of resources so if you had to name say two or three just to pull out what are your favorites oh gosh i guess the abundance so focus on abundance is for mm -hmm. sure one of my favorite self-care we have a big section on self-care mm. which is very important oh. And I think another thing that really is important within it is, and people are not always aware of this, it's gratitude. And I know you're aware of that, Andrew, and most of your listeners will be as well. But once we can become grateful, and here's a prime example for it. We live in a modest home in the United States. Mm. And people could say and we could as well oh we need this or we need that or we should have this or that however when you look at it there are people millions of people possibly billions of people living all over the world who don't have any house mm -hmm. and if they were to come to this house it would be a mansion mm -hmm. literally yeah, they be, would, be, would be a castle yeah. So you have to take your gratitude for each and every component of your life, even if you do not feel it's what you want right now. Yeah. Be grateful for what you have. Look for what yeah. you do want. Visioneer. Look at what your vision could be and what you're offering to bring to other people. Those are big components. Um, but to take it from a place of gratitude mm -hmm. rather than envy for example, right? The creative mind over the competitive mind is really an important thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. You know, the more I do this, the more I realize how intertwined these superpowers are. Yeah. 
and it really is you know combining these things of kindness and gratitude and collaboration and once you start you know forming your own what we call a joy cocktail from each of these and seeing and it might differ from week to week right one week you might want a bit more of this next week or this social situation you decide i'm going to be a bit more gratitude into this mix today and then you start realizing there's so many gifts there's so many things you can do to to show joy um if we talk about kindness just for the last time today um the question on my lips is who else would you recommend that people could follow or listen to if they wanted to dig deeper into the subject of, of kindness yeah boy there are Do you have many favorite people that you follow yourselves yeah, yeah, yeah there sure. are so many people and and we're looking at probably what platforms are you on right yeah are you on facebook or instagram yeah. Yeah, doesn't all platforms don't worry about us but just our listeners you know what they could dive into what they would be who they should check out yeah well i have a couple heroes from years and years ago that will help people to dig within themselves and one of them is wayne dyer and the other is louise hay and both of those folks talk about how to dig in and really find that self yourself mm. and how to get to that point there are so many people who are also into happiness and joy and many people go out online and look these up and follow people as well. Um, another one who I'm very grateful for is Brene Brown and she's a living person. I mean, mm. every person who has the opportunity to hear her speak or listen to a Ted talk she's done, will get benefit from it. Yeah. Do you have I do have one. Yeah, I don't know how much time we have that, but I'm going to mention that just as this short little tiny anecdote. Um, a woman named Anne Lamott is an author. She lives on the west coast of the United States. And I love Anne Lamott. She is just absolutely my shero. Years and years ago, I had a chance to go to a reading where she was reading and signing books. And I had her sign a copy of her little book that she had written. And I, you know, I gave it to her and, and left. I didn't read it until I got home. And I opened the book up and she had signed it to Byron, my only friend. Hmm. <laughs> but I just had to pass that along. I love that story. But Anne Lamott is, if you're looking for someone to lift you up and to make you feel better and to give you some hope that there's a better day, anything she has written, I recommend it. Well, those are some perfect recommendations thank you for sharing those and unfortunately we are coming towards the end of our chat today i think i could end up chatting with you folks. and our book too our book too but... oh yeah read our book that's right <laughs> yeah. definitely definitely and when is it coming out hopefully early next year okay you know, I, I wouldn't give you a specific date but early next year let's say okay well let us know when it is and we will then push that out as well as a reminder for people Thanks. to do that. Um, but before I let you go, I have to ask you, both of you really, what brings you joy? Mm, Mariah. Huh. <laughs> I do have that way where it, when someone is down, I'm able to try to flip that around and see if we can find the positives in it. 
I personally seek out people who feed my flame like that, Andrew. And mm. so when I met you, I just knew I could sense that joy within you, your kindness. It's amazing how the like, when you really tune in, you're able to draw the people into your life who you're is someone that you will kind of resonate with. So I'm mm -hmm. fortunate because I, I actively draw in people who are very kind and yeah. joyful. Uh, well, I think that's what we talked about. What goes around comes around. And that's so, good. you know, you can be thankful. And also, you know, we're grateful for you shining your light, both of you and giving your effort and your energy towards helping people in this way. I, I, I'm thankful for that and I'm sure our listeners are thankful for both of you for putting your talents towards this yeah. this effort so if people want to, to follow you to, to find out more where should they go they can go to LinkedIn for both of us we're both uh, on there that's our yeah. main platform mm -hmm. and soon we'll have a website that's that will be up and running it'll be my name mariahedgington.com is where most of journey well will be housed yeah. so Excellent. Well, thank you very much for now. We'll post on the on the summary then the LinkedIn profile links so people sure. can right. click through right. and connect. Well, and Andrew, journey well. Yeah, journey we, well. We will indeed. And thank you so much, both of you, for being on the show today and for bringing joy, um, not only to me, but also to everybody listening to the show. It's been a real pleasure to have both of you on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. And I hope you, our listeners, have enjoyed listening to the chat today with, with Myra and Byron and sharing their, their wisdom and passion for the, the superpower of being kind in its simplicity, but in its power. And thanks once again, everybody, for listening. And I hope you tune in next week for the next episode of the Art and Science of Joy podcast. Until then, journey well and journey joyfully. Thank you. <laughs>